The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! Go Cowboys! This is Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw Dating, preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and broadcasting live from Dallas Cowboys World Headquarters at the Star. Well, good afternoon, everybody, and happy Victory Monday. Welcome to Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. Jess Navarro's Christy Scales, Aisha Morrison here with you at the beautiful Star in Frisco at the SWBC Podcast Studios. Ladies, our second Victory Monday. Mm -hmm. Uh, What a treat. Uh, Always some fun stuff to talk about. We just heard from all of the coordinators and, of course, Mike McCarthy. There's a lot to take away. Let's get right into it. Uh, some of the takeaways that we got. We were all there uh, throughout the course of the last hour or so. Uh, a lot that we heard about was having to do with the play calling. Mike McCarthy was asked a lot about play calling, Dak's productivity. Uh, we even got into a lot of Micah talk with Dan Quinn. Oh, so Dickie Zoo, I know, was mentioned for you. Uh, Aisha and then John Fossil talking a lot about Brandon Aubrey, a little interesting story that came out there as well. But we'll go around, kind of say what our key points were. Christy, starting with you, what are some of the initial things that jumped out from you to you from what we just heard? From just the, the defense picking up where they left off in week one, the Cowboy defense just applying the pressure, getting the takeaways, particularly in the fourth quarter with the, the three interceptions. And I, I think um, people emphasize time of possession, but really instead of time off the clock, what you need to emphasize is the number of plays. Mm-hmm. And so 83 offensive plays for uh, the Cowboys being very efficient. Dak was so accurate yesterday and just, I thought, really commanded the offense. And what just the 46 plays uh, for the uh, New York Jets, just they couldn't get any the what the Cowboys did third down defense was really, really effective and just uh, making it a tough day for Zach Wilson. But I was really impressed by the way they limited the Jets' run game. Brees Hall only Absolutely. getting nine yards. Yeah. And DeMarcus Ware setting the tone immediately with that sure. that first uh, play for the Cowboys' defense was a tackle for loss by DeMarcus Ware on Brees Hall. Lawrence? Yeah, DeMarcus, DeMarcus Lawrence. I get it. It happens Did to I say Ware? Yeah. It, it just rolls off it was the tongue. Easy DeMarcus to Lawrence. Confuse. It was DeMarcus easy to Lawrence. He was just looked. as fast as DeMarcus <laughs> Ware. That's for Sure. Aisha, D-law. what are some of the D Law, uh, not D Ware, but what are some of the initial things that stood out to you from um, these press conferences? And then, of course, in the second block, we'll get into the game and mm. all of the things we saw because there's a lot for us to talk about today, ladies. Also, I'm glad that you mentioned uh, the run defense, uh, Christy, because um, Dan Quinn said if you want to be excellent, it can't just be in one spot. And mm-hmm. that stood out to me, especially with just um, how much this team's, we talk about how this pass rush is a big, you know, a big part of what this team does well. So to your point, this this offseason and in the small amounts of times I got to spoke, speak to some of the defensive players going into the season, you could tell they were emphasizing the fact that they know they knew what they had in their pass rush coming back a second, third year now. But then they also knew that that's probably how teams are going to look to attack them outside of that, especially when you add a Gilmore out there. So it feels like there was a lot of emphasis on the run defense and having different packages to stop the run. I mean, even yesterday, you saw Damone Clark not get used as much, but it was a Marquise Bell out there. And I think that that's because of the matchups and because of the various guys they can put in and out. So that was important. And then also, um, 
Shadi said something that stood out to me that is new here in Cowboys Land. I I haven't heard this before, but I'm sure it's because of the West Coast. He said the first first open read in the progression should get the ball. And this well, is about timing yeah. and things. Yeah. And again yeah. and I again, that sounds normal. You're like, of course, that's that's fine. But I think that's important when you start talking about Dak getting the ball out fast, the timing. He talked about the footwork, obviously the footwork being married to the progressions, all that stuff. Um, I think Brian Schottenheimer said a lot of good stuff to put in perspective how this offense runs and operates. But that was important to me, especially when you're talking about how the ball is distributed throughout the offense. Yeah, the progressions and him saying that stood out to me a lot moving forward. So, A guy that was brought up a lot in – really all the coordinators talking and Mike McCarthy aside from uh, Dan Quinn he didn't bring him up but Brandon Aubrey uh, was a hot topic of mm. conversation during all of uh, the last hour with John Fossil Brian Schottenheimer Mike McCarthy uh, Brandon Aubrey going five for five during the game from uh, 35 yarder 21 54 shout out Brandon Aubrey uh, 26 and 30 yard field goals there um, it was funny because when Mike McCarthy was asked about it, he said, yeah, he's their secret weapon. You're just finding out what it is. Uh, and then John Fossil had a really cool story that he talked about how he flew to go see Brandon Aubrey in a Birmingham Stallions game when he was still in the USFL, uh, that he was on his radar last year. He flew, he said, in stealth mode, very Mission Impossible-esque, not wearing any Cowboys gear, just wanting to go see what this guy was about. Uh, and then he said, well, I, I feel like he kind of got a little, a little hint that I was there however um that was when brandon aubrey was first on his radar but he also was asked about his soccer background how it ties into things but he just said it's a culmination of everything that they've been working on is what you're seeing of brandon aubrey now so uh we'll get into that we'll, we'll talk about that more but i just to me that was the topic of conversation that i knew we would all talk about today was brandon aubrey welcome to the nfl hello brandon aubrey we see you and you're here. So, um, yeah. yeah and in front of the home me. crowd. I mean, yeah. it was his yeah. first regular season home game. Yeah. So yeah. What a, what a way to do it and be in a Dallas yeah. native and everything. But when you talk about Birmingham stallions and, uh, we've talked before how Chris Boniel, who is a long time, who mm -hmm. won a Super Bowl here with the Cowboys at kicker in the 1990s, and then later came back to help coach special teams. He was, yep. uh, Brandon's coach for the Birmingham stallions and helped, funnel some information here to, yeah. to um, <laughs> get Brandon the opportunity and to bring Coach Fossil out. But I was talking with Brandon after the game because it's like, hey, five is a lot, but, you know, the Cowboys record, the, the record is seven here. And your coach had a little something to do with that, your Birmingham coach. So we were kind of having fun. But what yeah. I like about Brandon Aubrey is whether he's kicked five or, or if he missed one in practice, I think his blood pressure stays about <laughs> one fifteen over seventy five. Have you ever seen him? That's funny. Have you no. ever seen him above or below? Nah, just absolute steady. He, which is which is what you yeah. want from a kicker. You want yeah. of all the people on your team to be steady Eddie. You want it to be your kicker. And Dan Bailey was a lot like that too. You know, you would never really know. He just seemed to like a flat line all the the time. But yeah, I just I just love his demeanor. But um, yeah, it was, it's always fun to talk to the kicker after the yeah. game because 
usually it's been a good game. You, if they miss it, you're like, okay, we'll, we'll give them a break. <laughs> we're not gonna we're not gonna talk to them in the locker room. Well, speaking of Dan Bailey, Brandon Aubrey made all five of his field goal attempts in the win. Uh, Aubrey is the fourth Cowboys rookie kicker to make at least five field goals in a game. Uh, the first time since Dan Bailey made six against Washington in 2011. So there you go, uh, a little fun fact of history there. We're going to take our first break, but when we come back, we're going to discuss a little bit more about your Dallas Cowboys 30-10 victory over the New York Jets. Make sure to stay tuned. We'll be right back. This is Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. We know that juicy, cheesy, grilled-to-perfection burger sounds amazing, but it does sound like something is missing. Pepsi, baby! The yin to this burger's yang. Burgers and Pepsi go together like... Well, like burgers and Pepsi. This perfect blending of flavors makes every bite of lettuce, every sesame seed on the bun, and every sip of that crisp, refreshing, ice-cold cola a journey to Foodopia. Burgers, better with Pepsi. That's what I like. At Jigsaw Dating, we obviously want the Cowboys to bring that sixth ring home. But to be honest, we're more focused on finding the person who will put a ring on your finger. That's why we created a dating app that reveals your face through meaningful conversation so you can date deeper. Because it's personality that matters the most, not looks. Join Jigsaw Dating today, dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. We are getting all into your post-game recap uh, here in just a second. But first, check out the latest and greatest addition to tours at AT&T Stadium and at the Star in Frisco. Meet Jerry Jones, an interactive experience. Get a peek behind the curtain and into the fascinating life of Jerry Jones with a focus on innovative fan experience in partnership with AT&T. This interactive technology gives tour goers the opportunity to ask Mr. Jones a variety of questions for more information and to book your tour visit dallascowboys.com slash tours all right well speaking of jerry jones uh he was very happy after last night's game christy i can imagine uh he had some fun things to say i know we're just talking about brandon Aubrey, but he said well we found ourselves a kicker we found ourselves (laughs) our guy um so that was really cool something i also loved uh in jerry's post game interview was that he mentioned giving Mike McCarthy the credit for how this offense has really builded and shifted um, during the offseason to see a fast tempo offense that we're looking at now, this Texas coast offense. Christy, you were at the game yesterday. How, when you're looking at how Dak Prescott's playing, and we'll get into that. I know there's a couple points uh, Aisha and I definitely want to make about that too, is when you're looking at the difference between Dak Prescott now compared to what he, how he was playing last year, what's the initial thing that just jumps out to you, especially being on the sideline to see it? 
I think it's um, something as simple as taking what the defense gives you, and that goes in regards to what Aisha was just saying, what seems so obvious about the first, you know, taking the first thing in the progression, the first target in the progression, as opposed to looking past that and trying to force something, whether it's downfield or whatever. And so, uh, and we've we've talked repeatedly on this podcast about how uh, the goal of Mike McCarthy's offense, as it is in many, especially West Coast, but get get the ball out to your playmakers in space and let them turn Mm -hmm. and and make the plays. And that doesn't mean that you're not taking shots downfield ever. doesn't mean that you're not throwing deep crossers. I mean, we saw some guys make some really tough catches yesterday. CD, not only with the 11 catches, but showing some toughness where he was getting, he got, he got lit up a couple mm-hmm. times, you know, but uh, but we also saw <coughs> where guys were able to, um, you know, turn and, and get uh, yards after catch. So, yeah, but so, so efficient through these first two weeks, and that's what's really stood out. Yeah, that's the same thing that I, I guess I would say is just, um, the timing of it all and just how everyone looks relaxed in a sense. And there's not one thing I noticed about Dak last year, if you go back and watch the games, and, and he does does still do this, but it just doesn't seem as necessary as often where he's at the line of scrimmage and he is up there directing a lot of traffic. Yeah. He is sitting there talking, telling people where to go, all this stuff, communicating, telling the wide receivers to flank more, all this stuff. He's doing that, but it's not nearly as much. Yeah. Well, not, yes, yeah, ma'am. Well, let, let's also be frank. In the first two games, they've outscored their opponents seventy to ten. And that's okay. That's so they, they, they're, that. they're playing with the lead, yeah. right? So that's you're fair. not you're not having to force a lot of stuff. Well, Absolutely. I mean, the lead that they got yesterday, they went out and got too. That was a difference in this game than last game is that they did not defer. They took the ball to score mm-hmm. early, and I thought that was important too because you know what your defense wants to do, and it sounds like really cliche and whatever, but. We heard complimentary football a lot last year. I think you're starting to see it, to tr- truly see it unfolding in front of yeah. us that this is complimentary football going on. What, yeah, what yeah I got? was going to say yeah. you know, one thing because um, you talk about taking the ball. Uh, the Cowboys won the toss, and usually Coach McCarthy does defer, right, mm-hmm. so that you get the ball at the start of the second half because mm-hmm. they always want that double dip, right, score yeah. going into halftime and coming then have out. the ball coming out. But uh, – a uh, little tidbit, um, you know, with the change at kicker for the Jets, Greg mm-hmm. Zerline, the former Cowboy kicker, was inactive because of a, a groin injury. And so they signed Austin Seibert, uh, the former OU kicker. And Cowboys thought they might have more opportunities on return, possibly in this game, oh. on kickoff return. That's a good point. So, Come on, Chris. That's yeah. a good point. Yeah. What I was going to say is you brought up the term complimentary football, and Jack Prescott was asked about this in his postgame press. Pro- conference and they said how do you define complimentary football and Dak Prescott said winning simple just winning Mm. um (laughs) and that's what happens when when you see all three phases of this game playing something I wanted to make sure to mention that's also going to be a topic of conversation I think going into this week is Dak's footwork during the broadcast the CBS broadcast Tony Romo was talking about this saying that um Dak's footwork is in places that he hasn't seen him get to as fast in previous years. So Brian Schottenheimer was asked about it, and um, he described it like a dance, that you kind of just know uh, what Dak is going to do and when he feels good when his back foot is planted back. Um, And that goes with the timing, the rhythm, the backdrop, the passing, all within the footwork of what Dak Prescott is doing. So it's interesting because... Asking Mike and uh, Mike McCarthy and asking Brian Schottenheimer about the footwork in the press conference right now, 
We're like, well, it's not really that different. Um, but Aisha, I'm going to defer to you on this one. Is it? Is it something that you've seen different, or is it just more with the fast-paced offense that you're seeing playing at tempo now? Well, Dak's always been really hard on himself with his mechanics, but one thing that I will say watching him for years, I knew very early on in games how it was going to go with him with his footwork. But in regard to in regard to the timing and everything of the offense, um, Brian Schottenheimer also mentioned that um, one thing that you – sometimes have issues with with the young young players on the receiving side is them knowing their depth and where they need to you know how far how deep they need to get into their route and we saw last year a couple times even with guys as good as cd that the timing was off Mm -hmm. and the depth of target was off and so when you when you marry and it's funny that he used dance because you, it takes two oh, to tango. Me. You know what I'm saying? It takes trust two to tango. Me. So the dance, the dancing. I was like, yes. yeah. He was talking about the receivers knowing their progressions, which mm-hmm. is which is interesting because he also mentioned that sometimes you don't want guys to know. He was like, sometimes he was like, there were times he used to not tell guys because guys be like, oh, I'm just I'm just drawing a corner out of the play. Yeah. I'm just you know, but it's it's the the footwork and stuff. I think it goes back to the QB school, but it also just goes back to the system and being efficient and being on time and being there's a togetherness with the uh, offense with the receivers and the uh, QB to where it minimize it really is minimizing mistakes within this offense and I think that that matters. So, I hope that answers your question, but <laughs> yeah, I thought absolutely. that Schottenheimer I think mentioning the wide receivers and them knowing their jobs to purpose and all that stuff yeah. i think that ties into this dance the why that the, the, the why the dance called the, the yeah. why yeah <laughs> yeah because yes. if it's supposed to be an 18 yard route and you cut it at 16 and you Say think that. you're open yeah. but the linebacker has dropped back and mm. you know you, you're not going to be open because the the um quarterback ain't going to be able to get it over that yeah. that linebacker but um we're we're so blessed with cowboys radio to have babe loffenberg as our analyst and yeah. all of us in in dallas made it yep. to be able to go to babe and ask mm-hmm. questions because when it comes to this west coast texas coast bill walsh is the godfather of the west coast mm-hmm. okay well, Bill Walsh, before he was with the San Francisco 49ers and won all the Super Bowls and had Joe Montana and everybody, well, he was the head coach at Stanford University and recruited one Brandon Hugh Laufenberg from Los Angeles uh, to play. So Babe Laufenberg played, was recruited by and played for Bill Walsh at Stanford University. And so Babe knows more about Bill Walsh's offense than Mm -hmm. just about anybody out there. And a story that he tells all the time is uh, a conversation he had with Steve Young. And of course, Steve Young won Super Bowls and NFL MVP playing in the West Coast for the 49ers. And Steve would always talk to Babe or whoever. It's like, I can tell you what kind of game I, I had if you just showed me game film of my feet. Yes. Yeah. If I just watch the game film of my feet, I can tell you whether we whether we had a good game on offense or not. Because it is, it's all just it's just that style of offense, and it's it is it's like a dance. So yeah. if you were to take the DCC and they're doing Thunderstruck, and yeah. you only saw their you boots. Would know. You'd know whether it you was a perfect routine their or not. Toes. You, you would know, know who's extending through their legs. You, you would know. You would know whether yeah. they were all synchronized and whether it was a, a perfect routine. Yeah. So, as if yeah. they look as one, the, the whole goal with dance is you look as one, even though you're multiple units. You have to look like you're one giant 
being so especially mm-hmm. within a kick line you can yeah if you looked at the feet sorry former dancer no, that, it makes sense though I, I i the fact that he described it as a dance really my light bulb went off and yeah. i was like oh and then oh, it's, i get it now it's funny because he said you teach quarterback to listen to their feet like dance steps you listen to your feet mm-hmm. uh, i thought that was a fun little nugget dak prescott by the way he was 31 of 38 attempts 255 yards two touchdowns uh you love to see that you love to see those uh tight ends getting involved there with those two touchdowns which by the way yeah did you I'm have not jake? Gonna brag. Yeah, i had, had jake it. i had jake and chris beam who is our producer today uh texted back when we were in the group text he said who do you guys have for the first touchdown i said jake ferguson he said i knew you're gonna say that and i said you were right hey Look, I'm not saying I have a crystal ball or anything. I'm just saying I had a good feeling. No, it was great. You know, great redemption. You know, they were still upset with themselves. We failed last week. Well, well, yeah, we all did. Well, we no, I, I, meant, I meant redemption for, for Jake because he was still <laughs> mad at himself for dropping a ball in week yeah. one, you mm-hmm. know, and so to come back and get that first touchdown. And then yeah. for Schoonmaker, I, Brian Schottenheimer did laugh that they're giving uh, Schoonmaker a hard time, that they, that the touch the touchdown celebrations yep. in the tight end room have really fallen off through yep. the first two weeks of the 2023 season. So let's hope that they have plenty of opportunity to entertain us as we go along through oh, the yeah. season. And, and something about that group that we talked about last week is that Dak Prescott said, I don't want them to lose confidence that I trust them. Mm-hmm. And you can just see that that connection is still there. Um, again, I, I think people forget that when it comes to these guys, they turn the page fairly quickly uh, after these games happen. They don't dwell on it. Uh, that's, that's kind of our job, right? Being on the media side of things, we have to have stuff to talk about all week. They don't. They're getting ready for the next game. And somebody like Jake in the locker room he's very outgoing he's he's very easy to talk to he was very focused this week oh yeah like you'd go in the locker room (laughs) he had a very different feel very focused this week so i was really happy to see him get his redemption moment aisha um i'm gonna defer to you sorry i didn't realize you were drinking water um what did you notice from the tight end group this week obviously going week one rain game plan but week two you got to see a glimpse a little bit more of how they're involved what did you see from that core and how they operate within the offense well obviously they in the run game like they were active still even though they were they were active last last week they were active still and just some of the ways that they're using them um these 12 personnel 13 personnel sets like cowboys are seeing success in those because those guys are blocking well but also too like we talked about they also are really moving moving people out the way for some of these big cd lamb grabs and some of the things we saw offensively they are I, I use the word dragging, but that's probably not the right word. But they are pulling pulling different defenders out with their routes and being sure about them and running them. They are pulling they're pulling defenders out of space. So that's why you see Ceedee Lamb so open. That's why you see some of these passes so open is because these guys are also they're following suit with their job. Even if they're not getting the ball, they're following suit with their job. And then you get down there into the red area, and then you have two tight ends with. They're waiting for their opportunities, and I, that's one thing I've noticed about them. There's some selfless play going on through this tight end room, especially through the first couple of weeks where they've been doing a lot of blocking and not a lot of receiving right now. Well, uh, there were fewer uh, 
targets in the past game, just yes, five, four for uh, Jake Ferguson and one for Schoonmaker, which he scored the touchdown on. Uh, Hendershot was not targeted in the passing game, but he did have an opportunity there in the red zone and yeah. goal line, you know, that handoff coming around to the right side. And it was interesting because uh, Mike McCarthy in his press conference today mentioned that there was a safety mm. that was on <laughs> the right side that they yeah. anticipated being on the left side, you know, kind of followed over, but then came back. And so um, there was a little more um, than they were expecting as as Henderson came around the right side. Still a sweep. You know, obviously they still felt like they should have uh, blocked sure. that up and, and scored. But uh, all these kind of little, the little minutiae, the little nuanced things mm-hmm. uh, that happen. And that, that uh, safety, they were also keying off Lipke, the fullback who yeah. was playing there. So I know that Hendershot is uh, disappointed that he didn't. I, maybe if he'd have scored, he would have been the one to have the really fun ah, celebration in the end zone. That's so something. Well, look, if we know anything about that tight end room, they love redemption. They love those redemption moments. And maybe the celebration will be twice as Big, so hand it to him know? at the 50-yard line in Arizona, yeah. and Hendershot's going to take it all the take way. Take it all the way down. <laughs> well, we're going to take our next break. When we come back, we're going to continue talking a little offense. We're going to get in, get into defense. I'm so excited. I can't even talk. Uh, we're going to talk some defense. Stick with us. This is Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. We'll be right back. At Jigsaw Dating, we obviously want the Cowboys to bring that sixth ring home. But to be honest, we're more focused on finding the person who will put a ring on your finger. That's why we created a dating app that reveals your face through meaningful conversation so you can date deeper. Because it's personality that matters the most, not looks. Join Jigsaw Dating today, dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. You know that sound anywhere. It's the crisp crunch of that first nacho chip with its perfect cheese to sour cream ratio sitting atop a layer of delicious beans. It's a sip away from perfection. That's what we're looking for. Add a delicious, refreshing Pepsi and we've achieved absolute nacho nirvana. Because while you can pile those nachos high with every spicy, cheesy, savory topping, there's no topping a cool Pepsi finish. Nachos, better with Pepsi. That's what I like. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. back to Girls Talk, Boys Talk, presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. We are talking all things New York <coughs> Jets, Dallas Cowboys, Victory Monday. But first, Dallas Cowboys game time, powered by Le- Len- Lenovo? Lenovo. 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 There we go. The official gaming platform. I'm so sorry, guys. And community of the Dallas Cowboys. Sign up now to compete in Madden 24 for a chance to win two tickets and a VIP experience to a 2023 Dallas Cowboys home game. Sounds fun. Qualifiers begin on October 6th and run through the 13th. Learn more and register at DallasCowboys.com. I swear one day I'm going to get better. Um, it's okay. I'm reading these things. I'm just I'm going to start reading them before the show. All right, um, let's talk a little bit Dallas Cowboys defense because I don't want to run out of time and not touch base on this 
Doomsday 2.0 defense is what I saw on Twitter. It was another dominant performance by the defense, obviously. Uh, What we saw, let me see, I'm scrolling through. We had a lion that was loose out of his uh, lion cage, Micah Parsons. Two sacks, um, and then let's see, let's go down. J. Ron Curse had his first interception of the 2023 season, along with Trayvon Diggs. Um, and then Malik Hooker also uh, did as well. I was going to say, I'm pretty sure he did there as well. Um, that three headed monster, obviously missing Donovan Wilson right now, Marquise Bell stepping in uh, to take those reps really during this time that um, Dono has been out. But it was almost cool to see all of them get their way in interceptions like we're talking about the tight ends getting their tight ends your three-headed monster with Marquise Bell right now in uh for Dono could have had all three interceptions so um definitely a good night for the offense ladies what are some of the initial things that stood out from you stood out to you from this game not being a rain game plan especially Christy being on the sidelines what did you notice Jaron Curse uh hyping everybody up in the huddle before the game yeah, Very for cool sure. Moment. Yeah, they. Um, everyone knows that the Jets have a great defense, and I think that it was clear that the Cowboys' defense wanted to make the statement that they're the superior. They were the superior <laughs> defense at AT and T Stadium <laughs> that day. But um, the way that they were able to to shut down the run, um, really, the only rushing yards of note for the Jets were that one series where Zach Wilson got most of the mm. um, yards with its legs, right, escaping out of the pocket so you'd like to see him shut that down uh, a little bit more <laughs> I can't believe that sounds like a criticism because it was such a <laughs> such a great uh, game but yeah but yeah you get those uh, interceptions in the fourth quarter when you're playing with a big lead and and Wilson and the uh, Jets are having to throw down the field and try and get the big place just to get get back in the game I'm glad you mentioned that because these rushing stats that came out of this game for the Jets don't even look like final game stats <laughs> yeah this this looks like one Insane. series it, it really yeah. does you're, you're talking your longest run was a 16 yarder from Zach Wilson your quarterback um, he had 36 rushing yards for five attempts he averaged 7.2 yards per carry Brees Hall he had four attempts four rushing attempts for nine yards he averaged 2.3 Yards per carry's longest run of the day, nine yards. Um, it's just Delvin Cook, he only had four attempts for seven yards, rushing 1.8 yards for average there. <laughs> longest carry, six yards. And, and Michael Parsons just literally ripped the ball out of his hands and, and carried Dalvin. it. Yeah. Tony you, Pollard, you feel bad? I'm saying, you feel bad look, for Dalvin? Tony Pollard had, or look, we can even go down the line here. Uh, Rico Dowdle had more rushing yards this game than the entire Jets offense did. It's insane. Yes, and I, I, I yes, I'm, let me add on. I did, when I say I feel sorry for Dalvin, I say that because it's, the last couple times the Cowboys have played Dalvin Cook, if it's not Donovan Wilson letting him know it's going to be a long day, now it's Micah. <laughs> Come on, man. Like, I just, I, he can't escape them. And that is funny to me. I'm sorry. But also, too, the usage of the running backs was so dope in a sense. Like, because Rico, it was it was the change of it was the change of tempo like and it was the change of of usage that I thought mattered because when they brought Deuce Vaughn out there and set up that screen, 
that defense had been, you know, at that point, you know, the Jets defense, they're used, they're at this point, they're like, well, you're running up the A and B gap at us and then, you know, bouncing to the edges. But the Cowboys attacked the edges, but some of the screens and then to use Rico the way they used him, when you get close to the goal line and you know they're trying to protect the uh, outside, I'm like, I, I really appreciated the usage of the running backs because I thought it fit what each one of them did schematic d- does skill wise mm-hmm. well and I, I that was something I was ready for. Well, forty four rushing attempts in a game, incredible, mm-hmm. right? Right, and and that's and and Dak still threw a lot too. So eighty three offensive plays for the Cowboys, guys. That's a college game mm-hmm. these yeah. days, you know. Uh, if you get sixty to sixty five plays in an NFL game, sixty five would be just over average it's usually in the low 60s so um just again to what we talked about in the top of the podcast being able not just to control the clock but to 83 to 48 with your offensive play excuse me 80 46 for the jets so even worse than that so um yeah deuce vaughn getting six touches three on the ground and three um three catches so Mm -hmm. great to see him get involved as well i didn't mean to go back to offense my bad no you're okay no 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 no. (laughs) No, it's 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 great but it's because the defense for the cowboys shut down the jets Mm -hmm. run game made them throw the ball got those takeaways and Mm -hmm. and that's when you start piling up the the plays on offense and uh you know, sustaining the lead and getting those young guys some really, really valuable reps. My question to you ladies is you got to see more of this Tony Pollard era really take flight. No, no pun intended, Jets. Uh, you got to see it take flight kicking off this week because, you know, rain game pretty much felt like a preseason game week one. Let's call it what it is. Tony Pollard getting most of those uh, offensive rushing snaps Do you feel like this is the distribution you're going to see now? Do you feel like that one-two punch is kind of a thing of the past and it's become like a one-two-three-four punch, essentially? Do you feel like that second punch is distributed equally between Rico Dowdle, Deuce Vaughn, maybe Kevontae Turpin in there, Hunter Lipke every now and then, although I feel like he's more of a blocking uh, threat right now? How do you feel like the distribution is now? Do you see that changing kind of as the season progresses? You want to go? Well, I'll, I'll say that I'll say the percentages <laughs> about there, but the total number of plays was high just sure. because of what we talked about. You're not going to get 83 plays yeah. on offense every week. This mm-hmm. is probably the only time this is going to happen this season. But in terms of the percentage, but I tell you, uh, what the 25, yeah, 25 carries and then targeted eight times in the passing game. That's a lot, and even though Brian Schottenheimer says that he can be a, a workhorse back, man, that's a lot for one guy through a 17-game season to have to endure. Yeah, I agree, and I think it's—I I do believe it's going to be based. It's, this this offense seems very uh, matchup aware. Absolutely, and that's one of my favorite things about them. To start is the fact that they know where to take their shots. They know where to pick their spots and pick their battles. And so moving forward with the running back room, I solely think, I definitely think it's going to be based on what that matchup presents and how you beat it. And it doesn't matter who it is out there. It's how you beat it. So I, that's that's something that I that's what I think about that situation there. There Mama. you go. There you go. Drop <laughs> the mic. Uh, let's go back to the Cowboys defense for these last ten minutes uh, here. I want to make sure we get through all of it because again, <laughs> dominant defense, 
very excited. Let's look at Zach Wilson's numbers yesterday. He was 12 for 27 in his attempts, 170 rushing yards, one touchdown, three interceptions. His rating, 38.1. It's higher than I thought it would be, frankly. <laughs> that's that's uh, right. th thanks to the one uh, long touchdown pass mm -hmm. to, to Wilson. Yeah, Garrett Wilson. Yeah, something else I wanted to make sure to mention was Dan Quinn talks uh, the last two weeks. He's talked a lot about the emphasis that he's put on tackling for this team and that tackling has been a point of attack that they they want to make sure that they're they're doing. He said this is the second week in a row that the team has missed two touchdowns, two touchdowns, oh my goodness, two tackles within a game and how hard that is to do. I mean, again, this defense is just dominating on all edges here. Aisha, I'm going to go back to you for this. When you look at the progression that you saw from the start of the game to the end of the game, what did you notice uh, as far as how long it took for the defense to kind of gel find their footing. I mean, really, you start the first drive off like that. Mm -hmm. But there was a there was a couple times where the momentum could have shifted. How did they rebound from those times to make sure that there was not a drop in what they were producing on the field? Well, it's just like Christy was talking about. It's, it's the run defense, y'all. Like, the run defense really set the tone. Demarcus Lawrence came out there real quick. First play of the game was like, hey, it's going to be a long day, boss. Like, mm -hmm. I know you guys want to run the ball. But let me tell you, I'm going to be here. But what really stood out to me, too, was the um, other side is Micah in run defense. Like, he had he, he did the work in the offseason, kind of made his body a little bit more callous, it sounds like, to be able to take on blockers. But he and also Digizua against the run, obviously Hankins is in there. But they're becoming, they play in tandem in a sense. You know, they, they match each other's aggression. And I really thought that they stayed steady with their run defense. You heard um, Dan Quinn talk about how pissed they were going into the locker room, giving up, you know, letting him escape, letting uh, Zach Wilson escape and get those few yards and set up that field goal. They have a, they have a, um, to me, they have a divine want to be perfect to to be greater and I think that that's going to keep them in tandem but as far as also to the secondary I thought played pretty well for the most part Deron Bland had a heck of a game too why yeah. why because he's what because he's not bland no no oh you say it right he's he's anything <sighs> but bland oh look how much she dreads it Ugh. Look come how much on, guys. She it. Come on, guys. It's Victory Monday. Let's let's give it to Jess. Yeah, let's give it to Jess, Aisha. <laughs> no, but, but I think the secondary is very much so. You talk about the dance. Anything but bland. The, da <laughs> the dance on the offensive side of the ball. I think there's also a, a dance on the defensive side of the ball where this 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 secondary understands this pass rush and they mm -hmm. understand each other. And so there's also covered sacks. It's not always just, you know, there's covered sacks in the, in these games. It's not just the defense getting there in time. So I, we talk about complimentary football. I think it exists even just so on that side of the ball is that they have a good understanding of what each other can do. And so, yeah, they stopped the run heavy. And if you're if they're gonna stop the run like that, then yeah, it, it's gonna be rough out here. <laughs> yeah, three three players I want to mention very quickly: yeah. Chauncey Golston, talk to about earn, earn the start. 
Yeah. He started in place of Dorrance Armstrong. Now, Dorrance still uh, got uh, twice as many snaps throughout the course yeah. of the game, but but good for Chauncey. You mentioned Oso Diggy Zua, and I'm so glad you did because he played so well last week, so well yesterday. He was actually named the game captain for the defense yesterday, and Mike McCarthy said in the walk-off after his press conference um, that Oso was so excited that he just ran up there, and Mike didn't even get to finish his speech on Saturday <laughs> night after naming the uh, captains because Osa was so excited and got up there and was talking to the guys. And then finally, the last person I want to mention, he only took uh, 10 snaps and he is now, even though he's a veteran guy and one of the leaders on the team, he's now the backup to Deron Bland oh, at yeah. nickel cornerback. But Jordan Lewis, yeah. to get into yeah. regular season game action after that really severe foot injury uh, of October 23rd last mm -hmm. year, the game against the Lions. That It's been such a difficult rehab. He has been so diligent. And to get in there for uh, 10 snaps yesterday, uh, hats off to him. And, yeah. and he is a really important person in the locker room because he's such a great leader and such a player. He's kind of, kind of a, you know, he's – He's a little spitfire out there, you and know. He, he brings a lot of attitude uh, to that position. And so to have Jordan Lewis working back and then Donovan Wilson still hasn't played mm -hmm. yet, oh, my gosh, the arrow <clears throat> continues to point up for this defense. Absolutely. Ladies, we could go on and on about this, but, of course, we know when Victory Monday comes around, it's time to give out our game balls for who we think deserves it. I'm going to let you guys stew on this for just one second. All right, your second's over. Aisha, who gets your game ball? Oh, my God. Um, you knew this was <clears throat> coming. Every Victory Monday, we do this. I don't know if this is allowed. However, <gasps> oh. I think Mike McCarthy gets my game ball. because Because I... There was a lot of skepticism of what this offense was going to be coming into this season, how he was going to evolve, what he was going to look like as a play caller, you know, knocking the rust off and everything. And I think that he showed us yesterday, um, and he talked about the Rizzo stuff. Y'all calm down. But I, I think that he showed yesterday why he was successful in Green Bay as long as he was. And also, too, I think a lot of what he does from the QB position and mentoring the QB position is showing through Dak Prescott's play as well. So I, I, I just I think we're getting a better look at what this offense can be. And he deserves a lot of credit for coming in and installing this new offense in this offseason. And sometimes it takes more time than that. But these guys look like they're clicking and they're ready to go. Ooh, I, I love that fantastic. pick. I like that pick. Man, that's hard to follow. Christy, all well, right. Well, don't give it to me to follow. <laughs> Christy. <laughs> okay. Oh, come on. Girl. I know you got some fire. Christy, it's, okay. all it's all you. It's all you. I believe I, in you. I, I, I'm, Who I, gets your I, game ball? I, a honorable mention to Brandon Aubrey, because that's just incredible, 5 of 5. But it's still credit to the defense and the most catalytic player and the biggest matchup nightmare is Micah Parsons. So yeah. I'm just going to have to give it to Micah again this week. All right, Micah Parsons, your honorable mention is my game ball. No, I'm giving good, my game good. ball to Brandon Aubrey because if anybody has been really harsh on Brandon Aubrey, it's been me. And I will admittedly say, I, I think harsh is a bit of a strong word, but I have just been honing in on him to have a perfect game. I've just been saying if he can have one perfect game, that's it. I'll believe it. I will I will be a Brandon Aubrey truther. So now you're a believer? Now I'm a believer. I'm a I'm a Brandon Aubrey believer. I'm a Brandon believer. A believer? 
a believer. Oh, I Aubrey Aubrey believer. We can we can figure something out. We'll, mm. we'll figure something out for that. Um, but five for five, and especially after last week, what I really liked was uh, John Fossil last week talked about a timing issue that he had for that one miss kick. And that this week it was fixed, that he's learning, he's coachable, he's growing, and he's a guy that, again, they want a long-term solution with. I think you're just seeing the start of what could be a really good kicker and a really good career for him, and it makes me really excited. So Brandon Aubrey, mm-hmm. um, I, I promise I will not be a, um, a pessimist uh, a when skeptic. it comes to kicking. A skeptic. <laughs> I am uh, fully on board the Brandon Aubrey train. Choo-choo. Everybody hop on in. Uh, it's going to be a long season, and I'm really excited to see uh, where his career takes off. So yeah, there we go. Yeah, I, I, I wanted to add on. I loved that we, we've talked about on this team multiple times is that there, there's a, oh, there are multiple, team. there's veterans. <laughs> there's veterans on each side of the ball, special teams, you got the C.J. Goodwins mm-hmm. of the world, and defense, D-Law, those guys. But to hear Bones talk about Brian Anger taking yeah. that next step as a leader to take uh, to take Aubrey under his wing, to me, again, just speaks to the maturity of this team and also to why I think they are gelling so fast in the way they are is because they like each other and they believe mm-hmm. in each other and they pour into each other. And I, I, I believe that that is going to pay dividends for this team moving forward, especially when you start getting into these tough games. There's a, there's a real togetherness in this team that you can tell. And I, I just felt like that was such a key point about Aubrey. And I, I'm glad he doesn't feel alone yeah. on this journey because kickers really do go solo dolo a lot of the time. So to have a guy, you know, be like, hey, I got you, guy. And Trent Sag as well, too. And Trent Sag as well, yes. He brought him up as Mm -hmm. well, how pivotal he's been. So there's connection in that room, too, and it matters. All three phases, everybody, because we are special teams enthusiasts here uh, on the podcast. But... We're going to leave you guys with some cliffhangers because we didn't really even get into a lot of the interceptions. We didn't get into the red zone conversation. Uh, We didn't get into the interception conversation that I know Aisha and I are dying to talk about uh, (laughs) as well. So we're going to talk more tomorrow, same time, same place, 4 o'clock central time on DallasCowboys.com. Thank you so much for tuning in to our Victory Monday edition of Girls Talk, Boys Talk. Like I said, we'll be back tomorrow. Have a great rest of your day. Go be awesome. And thanks so much for tuning in. Girls Talk, Boys Talk presented by Jigsaw, the preferred dating partner of the Dallas Cowboys. We will see you tomorrow in Carpe Omnia, everybody. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!